Dynamis Give me the epistle save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, since we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is bound to offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not take the honor upon himself, but he is called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And he is, says also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Peace be to you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. Reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Let us be attentive. said, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the gospel 
will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Good morning. 233 years ago, this country was preparing to inaugurate our first president, George Washington. But as this nation prepared to inaugurate Washington, Congress was still debating what to call him. See, even back then in Congress, kind of fought over stuff a lot, right? So that is, should he simply be called president, as it is said in the Constitution, or should he have some other higher title? After all, some asked, shouldn't a title reflect the weight of the office? As they deliberated over appropriate titles for the new president, Vice President-elect John Adams suggested the following titles. His Elective Majesty, His Mightiness, and even His Highness, the President of the United States of America, the Protector of their Liberties. Washington knew that the name he answered to would set the tone for his position in the fledgling American government. Conscious of his image, Washington accepted the simple, no-frills title adopted by the House of Representatives, the President of the United States. Washington and other founding fathers knew that a grandiose title might alienate citizens who would, and sometimes did, associate Washington with some of the distant, seemingly uncaring foreign kings. They didn't want the citizens to feel alienated from their president. Today, in the epistle lesson, we learned about a different kind of alienation. An alienation not from the president, but from God. Today we read from the epistle to the Hebrews about how the high priest would offer sacrifices in the, Jer the Jerusalem temple for the forgiveness of his own sins and the sins 
of the people. It was an act of reconciliation. You see, sin is alienation from God. Sin separates us. The devil, the diabolos, uh, quite literally the one who divides, tempts us to sin, dividing us and alienating us from God. So a high priest was needed to offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins, both for himself and on behalf of the people, in order to try to reconcile the people to God. The high priest was a sort of mediator, someone trying to fix the people's alienation from God. But this human problem, this alienation from God, does it not still plague us today? Are we not still alienated? Perhaps we have distanced ourselves from God by sin. Perhaps we just think God is distant. Perhaps we think we are too sinful beyond repair. Perhaps we think God is too high and mighty to be interested in helping us. Alienation might remain. In today's epistle lesson, we read, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. And the epistle also notes that the high priest is bound to offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. If even the Jewish high priests chosen to serve at the altar in Jerusalem were alienated from God, how much more so are we? How much are we in need of reconciliation? But how does this act of reconciliation happen today? There is no temple in Jerusalem. There are no sacrifices. How is this alienation fixed? The epistle tells us of a new priesthood. The high priesthood of Christ himself. In the epistle today we read... For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is this throne of grace? It is the cross. It is the cross. The cross is a throne of grace. On this, the third Sunday of Lent, we remember the cross and how our high priest was not exalted on a high throne, but humbled on the cross, taking the form of a servant. This exalted high priest and king can sympathize with our weakness. 
He can redeem our weakness. He takes on our suffering. He takes away the sin of the world. His throne of grace is the cross. He destroys our alienation from God. He takes on all the sin and suffering and ugliness of this world and destroys it in his own body on the cross and takes away our alienation. Our priest, our high priest who takes away the sin of the world is not distant. God certainly understands what George Washington understood. By taking on human form, God related to us and to our own weakness. But not only did God relate to us, God took huge steps towards us. He takes away our weakness in sin through the cross. He became one of us. He suffered for us. He took all the sins, the world's sin, suffering, and death, took it into his own body and destroyed it on the cross. Let us then have confidence, as the epistle tells us today. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God has taken these huge steps towards us as our high priest. In return, we need to take some small steps towards him. One important way, and there's many things, but one important way to approach with confidence to the throne of grace is to go to confession. If you've never gone before to confession, start now. You won't regret it. It's a beautiful thing. In confession, God can remove our alienation from him. Why wouldn't we take him up on this deal of a lifetime. The epistle tells us, for we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He can sympathize with our weakness. He can remove our sin through his sacrifice on the cross. He can end our alienation and restore our joy as his children. Let us, with confidence, approach God this Lent with sincere confession in order to remove our alienation and restore our joyous relationship with our loving God. Amen.